Yeah, and the crazy thing with social media too is that, um, and this is for anyone out there, like I, I use it and I tell anyone to use it, just use it as your portfolio. Use it to nerd out about what you actually like talking about. Don't overthink like what do other people want to hear. All right, guys, welcome back to the Mac Podcast where we talk everything about entrepreneurship, business, and even real estate. Guys, we always challenge the conventional thinking, trying to unfollow the herd in every single way. Um, guys, if you are in the right place, if you want to learn more about business, how to grow your brand, uh, we have guests on all the time that are just like today's. And I'm super excited because we get to talk a little bit about the marketing and branding space. Um, this guy is a specialist in marketing. Uh, he's in a niche that is not common, which I love. And he's uh, specifically doing six, seven and eight figure excavating companies who want to increase their exposure online because they know how important it is. Uh, he's the co-host of Dirtbags Podcast, um, also a partner in the drag racing, uh, in a drag racing company called Turf Wars Racing, which we'll find out more about that. And he also released his first book, The Digital Dirt World, which can be found on Amazon. We'll kind of dive bigger into that. Uh, everyone, welcome Luke Eggrotten. Let's go. Mark, hey. thanks again so much. It's uh, it's a blessing to be here. Yeah, I uh you, you got a lot accomplished because that intro took me a little while to like figure out how I'm going to get all this in. Um, so you're, you're busy and, and I know you're a young guy too, but you're, you're very inspiring, hopefully for many young people, um, on what you're doing. And I really just want to, <laughs> I really want to find out how you ended up getting down to excavating for a marketing company. Um, and I think that's a, that's a cool niche, um, so what, you know, what kind of led you down this path? Where, where'd you start off and how, how, how did this all begin? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to start, you know, I'm 28 years old for some context. I graduated college in 2018 and I, I kind of always knew I was entrepreneurial. Um, it was, I feel like how everyone kind of starts, you start buying stuff and then selling it for more. And so I was always into buying pit bikes, dirt bikes, side-by-side dune buggies, anything that I could have fun with where if it didn't sell, I'd still be okay. Um, and so that's kind of where my entrepreneurship started and then, um, moved down to Omaha, uh, in 2018, took a full-time job as a marketing director, um, orthodontic, so not dirt related at all, but really got to see how to work with a marketing agency. Uh, we had hired one out of California and absolutely loved it. They added value. We paid them a ton of money each month. They made me look good as the marketing director. And I was like, okay, I think I should start my own, right? This is so cool. <laughs> and so, yeah, in 2019, uh, started how most businesses start. It was just a generic uh, digital marketing for small businesses. And I thought that was the right play. I knew a lot of people um, originally from Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. And so, knew I could start branching out there. Um, but it wasn't until uh, probably about a year in, so we're looking at late 2020, um, had, you know, five or six clients on and a little bit of a mixed bag. And I uh, did some coaching and joined a mastermind group. And they said, Luke, if you're going to be successful and add value to an industry and also like have more time to do what you want to do, you have to niche down. And I said, Yep, that makes sense. I took a look at our current clients and major shout out to Luke Payne. He owns Black Iron Dirt in Fargo, North Dakota, and also Western oh. Excavation in Bismarck. 
And he was my first client. And we had a couple other demolition companies um, under our belt as well. And so I looked at the industry. There were three main um, three main aspects I looked at and that I loved about the industry. Number one is they were so far behind in the digital space. If you look at an excavation company, um, you typically are, aren't going to find them online. You might still find them in the phone book, but you're probably not going to find a well-built website. So I loved that because we could do the basics very well and it could go so far for an industry. Um, number two, um, honestly, I had to look at, like they weren't afraid to cut a check. Like they're used to spending big money on big equipment, big dollar jobs. That really excited me uh, where some other industries, their margins just aren't there to pay a marketing company monthly. Uh, and then the third, just the passion for the industry. I love the blue collar men and women that literally build America and build this you know, country and everything from turning your faucet on, where does that water come from to flushing your toilet? Like all these things that people take for granted. I thought there's a bigger story there that we could tell. And in a nutshell, I just said, all right, we're going to turn around or turn away all other business and only focus on excavation from here on out. Wow. That, well, that's a great way. I mean, so you got your why you got, you know, you found the right niche. They have some money. Um, and they also don't understand marketing. Like they just don't. Right. Like it's probably, I'm guessing your strategy going into a new client's like, well, I have all this work. Why do I need to do this? Right. Like that's, that's what I find in our, I, I'm in the construction industry, uh, concrete and general contracting. It gets difficult, man, to, market and I'm in commercial world, which most of these excavators, I bet you're in the commercial world too. It gets interesting how to actually advertise for a company like this, because it's like a niche group, architects, engineers. It's like, are they even on social media? How do you, you know, so my question to you, how do you like actually figure out how to market these people and have some success with it? How do they get new clients? Yeah. Uh, one, one of the big things I speak on is uh, I call it closing the loop. And what it means is like when we get hired as a marketing agency, they don't just hand us the keys and say, all right, bring us applicants, bring us business, do everything. We have to close the loop of there's, uh, it's a small sliver of the digital marketing stuff that we do only supplements and helps what they're currently doing as far as like shaking hands, going to networking events, um, handing out business cards, doing yard signs, um, delivering on what you say you're going to deliver on and just like all those aspects that are non-digital. And so that's very important. And we call that closing the loop because if they're already doing that very well, but they're just missing that piece where there's a clean built website, it tells their story. Well, people can find them because when they search excavating contractor in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, they pop up number one, like Mm. that stuff is on us. And so um, really our agency, we even went niche down into our services. So we don't do any on-site media. We don't do any video, anything like that. We sub that out to some of our friends across the country. Yep. And what we do is focus on website. So we build your website, design, develop everything. Um, SEO, so that's search engine optimization. So how Google places you on their listing. If somebody searches septic tank installation near me, where do you fall in Google? Uh, it's the number one search engine in the world. It's one of your most powerful tools you can use. 
And what I always tell our partners in our companies is you can figure it out and you can try and work at it, but you make way more money doing what you do best running your business. And we do this every single day. So it's much easier for us to kind of partner with these, uh, with our partners and our clients and just say like, we'll take care of this digital stuff. You take care of your business. We come together, you know, every 60 days or every month. And then we see how we're looking and it's just building a really good partnership from there. Wow. So, so when you mentioned closing the loop too, you were mentioned like, what happens if they're not out shaking hands and doing all that? Like, are you, are you consulting them? Like, Hey, this is what you needed to be doing. And yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. And I've, I've learned that I've, I've kind of been burned before. And so we actually vet our potential partners just as much as they vet us. And so I think okay. it's very important to understand their business and like, who are you and, and how do you conduct business and what is your reputation in, in your city? Because there might be the guy next door who's a much better fit for us and um, not to get too far into the weeds, but in our phase two, which is a lot more hands-on, we offer exclusivity. And so that way we're not like competing against ourselves. So we really want to make sure that the, the company we're going with and the people that are, that build that company, they line up with who we want to work with. And it's funny, like through my years of doing this, I've realized that a lot of it comes down to attitude and just like how you treat one another. And it's, it's so crazy that, you know, if you have a solid attitude and a positive outlook on life, um, typically business relationships will work out really well. Yeah. Well, it starts with mindset. If you're, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've ran into the excavator that just doesn't get a marketing. Why are we doing, you know, uh, how am I going to see results tomorrow? What, you know, how are you going to bring me leads next week? You know, um, uh, you know, a little more pessimistic. And I, I always find that in people, I, you're going to be pessimistic about everything and you know, it all, <laughs> you don't need us then, you know, we're not a good fit. And, and I, we have investors, we have people. It's like, you're just not my type of investor. You, you already know it all. You already can do it all. Why you don't need me. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for people that want to improve themselves and, and allow me to take the limb. So I think, I think it's so cool though, that you're working with excavators. What's your, like, what's like some of your biggest challenges? Is it, is it literally just their mindset going into contacting you? Um, what's like a um, challenge working with some of them? I would say yes and no, but now we've kind of, like I said, detailed our vetting process so well that we, we don't do like hardly any cold outreach. Cause we saw that that was a big issue of like people like, why do I need marketing? Like, I don't need marketing. We've been in business for 40 years. And it's like, okay, that's not really our clientele. And what we do is we just try and be very active and lead with value first and show, show people through our social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, what we are currently doing for our current clients that are paying us. And so that way they can kind of get like see transparently everything we do. And then it, you know, brings more of that like inbound marketing of like, Hey, Hey Luke, I've been seeing what you're doing for some of my friends in the industry. Like how does it work? How much does it cost? And that way it's, it's a little bit more, it's it, honestly, sometimes I think it's like a lazy sales process. Like if I talk to some of the hard hitters like Grant Cardone, they'd probably be on me because I'm not hitting the phones every day. I'm not cold calling, but just showing and showing up every day. And I, I like to call it just dangerously consistent or outrageously consistent. Like we've been doing this, like very consistent with what we say we're going to do for the last three years. And we're going to keep doing that for the next 10 years. 
And if we mess up, we're going to own it, but also just showing people that that's who we are. And hopefully one day we get to work with you, but if not, that's okay. We can still be friends. And so I think that's kind of been my sales cycle is it's pretty lazy. Um, but I mean that in like the best way possible where it's like, I want to be a resource first and a marketing agency second. So how else can I help you? I love talking shop. I love talking business. We have our book, we have our podcast, we have our webinar series. Like, what do you need right now in your business? Do you have questions? Like, um, are you trying to figure some stuff out? So that's kind of where I lead from, or at least do my best to lead from. And, uh, that's been through trial and error too. It's, you know, I, for a little bit, I was in that aggressive sales cycle. We scaled up pretty big and then, uh, realized that's not me and that's not my personality. And that wasn't our business model either. Yeah, dude, you're, well, you're creating exactly what a marketer should do, building a brand. You have a low ticket item all the way to working with you on a monthly, you know, plan, right? Like basically you can take over their marketing, uh, with very little hands-on at the operator level. Um, and I think that's awesome. And more marketers should do that. You should have low ticket items all the way to the high ticket working with you, uh, on a day-to-day basis. So, um, what I do, just interesting to me, you're, you know, I'm 35, so you're 28. I I'd say you're in the, <laughs> you're a young guy and you're learning the processes. And I think you've refined them in the last few years more and more. Um, what, you know, you mentioned you were a marketing director in Omaha, uh, orthopedics, I think you said, or uh, orthodontics, yeah. or, orthodontics. Um, and you know, you worked with this California company and I don't, I don't need to know the company. I just, what that seemed like the turning point where you're like, wow, I, I don't know how you got to be the marketing director before that, but whatever, you're the marketing director. And then you hired this awesome company. What was so awesome about them that it triggered you to like, like you're fired up about marketing now? Yeah. To, to go to your original point, like it absolutely turned the tide for me because I got to see from a uh, consumer perspective, how business can be run and how it doesn't always have to be corporate. It doesn't always have to be like, you know, this scary thing. And this company, they only worked with orthodontic companies, which that kind of embedded that niching down into my brain. Yeah. Um, but they would, they would fly out and we, we'd like hang out with them. We met up in Vegas one time we were at a conference and like, we'd have drinks, we had a steak dinner. I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. And I was trying to look for the flaws. And the only flaw I could see was that, you know, and I can't remember exactly what we paid him, but we paid him a lot of money per month. And, but they, the long-term vision and the goal, we'd worked with them about three years. They had made 10 X that. And it's like when we bought into that vision and then also just, um, they're just so personable, you know, I would reach out to them and, and, you know, they would also congratulate me on an anniversary or on a birthday, or they would say, yeah, you know, they'd send us gifts and very, very personable, but they also worked with probably over a hundred orthodontic practices, but they made us feel like, Hey, these guys actually do care about us. So that absolutely turned the tide for me. And then the way I started my business, I knew that I always wanted to work for myself, but I knew to do that. Um, the delayed gratification had to be very present for me. And so what I did is I told myself, I'm not going to pay myself a penny out of this business I'm starting until I can go full time. So basically from October, 2019 to August 4th, 2021, I didn't pay myself a dime out of the business, but I learned how to do everything. We had, you know, I don't know, seven or $8,000 in the business bank account to then 
that first paycheck I paid myself, I still have it. It was a $500 paycheck and it was a low, low paycheck, but it's still to this day. I'm so proud of that because it was something that I had created from scratch with the help of so many people. And now it is funding this, um, basically my employment, my job. And one, one other thing I wanted to hit on too, is most people start a business out of they're despised for their job and they, they just can't stand working for somebody else. I absolutely love my job. My, my boss, Dr. Stevens, he took care of me. He's my best friend, everything about it. I absolutely love. And it was just one of those things where I realized like, this is, you know, all good things like can come to an end and that's okay. Cause there might be something better um, on the other side as well. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, tons of people out there with great jobs. There's great employers. Everyone, there, there's a big uptick on culture now. You know, you hear about all this and uh, it sounds like the California company, the company you work for in Omaha, they had great culture, which uh, when you do, you have a lot of fun at work. Um, when you could specialize in something, like you said, you, you, you figured out what that California company, they were niching down. They're having a lot of success because they had hundreds of the same, I'm sure they had repeatable processes, right? Like you don't reinvent the wheel in Detroit lakes and go, you know, you're using the same wheel in, in Arizona, I'm guessing the same processes. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent how you can scale and how you can help more companies and do it more effectively. I think, I think of time, money and quality. And if you have your systems dialed in, um, it takes less time, it takes less money to do these things. And then your quality is so much higher because we've are, you know, we work with, over 40 excavation companies full time right now. So if somebody calls me today from New Jersey and they're like, Hey Luke, you know, I, we do about 1.2 million. And they're like, we do excavating. I'm like, okay, do you do grading? Do you do utility work? Are you doing septic? Like I kind of already know what their fleet looks like without even asking them. And so I think just having that knowledge and our team having that has helped tremendously because we can, all of a sudden be like speak the language and become more of a subject matter expert and say, you know, okay. Yeah. Instead of, um, ex- excavating company, Google likes to see excavation company. That's what, you know, searches okay. are higher for that. And so there's little things like that, where if we were working with coffee shops, bagel shops, real estate agencies, like we wouldn't be able to pick up on all these, um, advantages. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I think that's super important. Actually, the, uh, I'm sure when your first initial phone call, like they come in kind of debatable, right? Like it's just a typical initial because you're across, you're not like meeting them person in person sometimes, right? You you don't have to, but I'm sure you blow them away with the value that you can deliver to them and just tell them, hey, here's all the things that you're doing wrong. I, I, I do this every day. I know I've seen this. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what we can do to fix it. And this yeah. is what you should be doing in the future. Um, so I'm sure it's an easy sale for you. You're delivering so much other value though. I think all your books and your podcasts and you know all that other stuff, it, it builds credibility, it builds trust. You know the you know the area better better than anyone. You know, it's like that is your niche. So I, I think when you could do that, like I've been trying to work on myself doing the same thing, you know, it's like trying to uh, unfollow the herd. That's why I have a podcast and I get awesome entrepreneurs like yourself. Um, but the more you can niche down, offer a small ticket item, offer the large ticket items of investment or working with my company. It's like, you have to understand the social media game today too, even in excavating. 
Um, they build trust because you know what your 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 competition's going to be searching excavating too, and guess whose company your 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 <laughs> your competition's going to be looking at you. And- yeah, and the crazy thing with social media too is that, um, and this is for anyone out there. Like I I use it, and I tell anyone to use it. Just use it as your portfolio. Use it to nerd out about what you actually like talking about. Don't overthink like what do other people want to hear. Just talk about whatever you want to talk about, and then that will help in turn, like get you to the right audience. That's like what the algorithm is built for. Um, but for our social media, like I do probably, I think it's about 80% of our deals and new clients in the Instagram DMs. Like, and I, I kid you not, it's, it's crazy. And so it, because people have been following us and they can see all the people we work with and they keep up with our stories and they listen to the podcast. And so yeah. they already feel like, okay, I already built some trust with this guy. He's not just trying to gamma so let's let's shoot him a message hey you know i think we're ready to take that next step how much does it cost that kind of thing and and nowadays like i we're gonna have that on the website like how much it costs and we're gonna have that more visible so it's like it even takes that um step of resistance out of it where it's like okay you know how much it costs you know who we are who we work with and then it's kind of just up to up to you or up to them and, and there's no right or wrong answer too like i will also tell people you're not quite ready, you know, listen to this webinar, jump on this webinar. They're talking about estimating. We'll get you more into the commercial side of things. And then when you get up to about maybe 600,000, you feel a little bit better, more cash flow coming in, then let's look at bringing you on. So, but that also comes from not selling out of desperation. Like we've been blessed enough to have our partners that pay us each month that we can have a net profit and not have to go chase every single sale and like beg them to come work with us. Well, you start making money when you say no too. <laughs> you find that as an entrepreneur, yeah. you got to be the yes man out of the gate though. Like, unfortunately sure. you don't even know it might be a concrete company excavating, you know, and, and you kind of got to keep down in the niche and then you start saying no. And then you start making money and having a little more success as an entrepreneur. That, that's all work for me. It seems like most entrepreneurs have that, that, that similar story though to it. Um, what, uh, so, I mean, it's cool. Does it, does it, I don't work with you. Does it actually work? Do, do clients have some success? It, it depends. It, it, it's not, I always tell people we don't do magic tricks. We build good marketing habits. So sometimes I'd say most of the time, if they stay with us, I usually have a general guideline of give us six months, um, SEO, seeing some of those results, it yep. usually takes that amount of time. Um, you know, if somebody's in it for a three month stint to try and make some money. It's like, this just isn't going to work at all. So I always tell people, uh, give us six months. Ideally we work together for the next 10 to 20 years and we're your digital marketing department that you don't have to pay insurance to. You don't have to pay full-time benefits, all this stuff. It's 1500 bucks a month or 2,500 bucks a month. And you get a team of 15 nerds that wow. do this stuff every day. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those value adds. Um, but also it, most of the time it works. Um, but there are some, like some clients will stump me. It's like, huh, we, we built the website, right? We're, we're getting traffic. And then sometimes like it's economy based a little bit, like we're seeing a little bit of a tip in residential right now. And so it's like, okay, yep. why aren't people converting or why are they getting more bids right now? Yeah. And so there are some things that aren't, foolproof that we are actively working 
through with our partners. And that's the important thing. It's the communication channel that stays open. It's the, okay, so your Lakeshore projects are going really well and your, you know, um, your grading projects are not. Like, what is making you more money? What do we want to filter more money into? What do we want to focus on in this season of life? Okay, you know, now we're approaching August and September. Like, how do we kind of transition to commercial snow removal? Because we're going to hit that hard. So it's kind of strategizing and working with them actively. But I'll tell people all the time, like, we make mistakes. Our clients make mistakes. Nothing's perfect. But I think that's the the beauty of it is, like, we have, we, we will own up to that. We don't sell magic. Yeah. I well that's that's a good way to put it. I I think anyone that works on their branding you're going to see and especially in your niche like if you're not doing anything as an excavator out there, literally nothing. Hey, my schedule's full. At some point it won't be, right? Like just just live with that fact in your mind like not forever you're going to be busy. Not forever as a contractor you're going to be busy. So Let's start now. Let's start while times are good. The cash flow is rolling because many times you will see them react too late in branding, yeah. too late in marketing. When when you need work is not the time to start the marketing process. It's when the times are the best and you are dominant on the one on the page, right? Like I, I just see a lot of people that don't do it correctly. They don't only do it when the times are bad. And then when the times get good and they like, I have too much work. Hey, let's stop everything. It's like, yeah, the branding doesn't it, work like that. Exactly. It's not necessarily a faucet that you turn off and turn on. And one thing that I was just having a conversation with a contractor um, a couple of days ago, and they were pretty heavy in Facebook ads. And, you know, a couple months ago, the algorithm, you know, they do algorithm changes all the time. And all of a sudden they weren't getting as much work. And I'm like, that's because you don't own Facebook. You don't own that traffic. They can yeah. adjust your cost per click anytime they want. And so I always, push this for anyone in any business is you need something that you own. Like we always talk about assets and we talk about um, building your own companies. But if you think about it, especially for an excavation company, you don't own Facebook. You can use that as a channel to get work, to hire people, to have more people see you. But ultimately you want to build an asset and that is your website. You own your domain, you, the traffic that comes there, you can tell them anything you want. You can educate them however you want. And you know, working with Google, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, direct mail marketing, email marketing, everything goes to this one thing that you own a hundred percent of, which is your domain and your website. And believe it or not, that's the same thing. You set a foundation and you start building these steps up with your domain authority through Google. And that doesn't just like crash and fluctuate a ton. That is like the more consistent you are, the more quality content you're putting out, the more work you're putting in, the higher your domain authority is going to go and the longer that's going to last. And so yeah. it's not as much, like you said, about like the, the faucet of turning it off and turning it on. And you guys have done obviously an exceptional job of like just branding, staying consistent. Like people know what the logo is. They know what it means. They know what they're going to get when they work with you. And that's what you want to build is like that story behind the logo. And one of my favorite things is, you know, with your logo Mac and with my logo Phaser, it doesn't have to say digital marketing for construction companies. Like people know what it is yep. with Mac. They know exactly what they're getting. They, they already have that story built up in their head after they see your logo. Yeah. Well, obviously I have it behind me. I have it everywhere I go. It'll say Mac somewhere. Um, but now I've even branded my face where I don't even need to wear it. 
and people yeah. know, hey, it's Mac, it's Mark, he does construction and real estate development. So um do you brand now? I know you brand construction companies. I know your your face, I would think, is excavating digital marketing. Like that's what I know you as every time I see you. He's talking about something in the dirt space. Um how do you deal with like personal branding? Because like it seems like more people are following my personal brand over my construction company because it's yep. very hard to get leads. Do you do the same thing in the excavating space? And in yeah, the- 100%. If I just okay. hid behind Phaser, um, we wouldn't have the success that we're seeing um, with showing. And I think people listening hate to hear that because they're like, damn, I have to now show my face and I have to. beyond podcasts and I have to um, point the camera towards me or point the phone towards me and start shooting and start doing stuff like that. And so absolutely. I, from day one, I've always, it, you know, to me, it's, it's fun. I like doing it. Um, but I knew from a business standpoint, I need to keep, keep this up. I don't schedule anything I do. I don't say I need to make three posts this week. I need to make two posts on the business page. When something pops up in my mind, I just go and I cross post it across Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then my Google business profile, which I call those big four. And that way, like, I don't have like a strategy behind it. I just say what's on my mind. Funny enough, the less work you do, like what I'm doing right there, the algorithms absolutely love it because it's more personable. It's more real. It's not like, um, contoured and like, like schemed out. And Mm -hmm. it's funny how like, so people always say that too. The more time you spend like editing a video, sometimes like the ones where you just start shooting on your phone, like those will do way better. And so obviously there's that fine line as well, but I would just tell people just get started, work on your personal brand, work on your business brand and just build good marketing habits, get used to it. Obviously you've been doing that for a long time. I know you've definitely poured some more gas on it. Yeah, more recently, which has been awesome. And just seeing that, um, I was thinking about this today, actually, how I know I'm in a good headspace is that when I see like your post and I see other people's posts about their successes, I get juiced. I get jacked up about it. I'm like, let's go. And yeah. I, I don't think of it as like, oh man, how do they go out and get it? How do they're so lucky? Like they've got it made. But I just think like, man, that is, so awesome. I can't wait to talk to him about that new deal. I can't wait to, um, you know, ask him about that, that new thing that they're doing. And so that has been huge for me. It's just my mindset towards that of like, it is a huge table of success. There can be a lot of friends, a lot of competition, a lot of collaborators at that table. And it's way more fun when you think of it like that than just like getting jealous about this person and that person. Yeah. I'll have <laughs> I stick out like a sore thumb in North Dakota. You could probably imagine why. I just because, uh, yeah. you know, I, I have this phone and it's turned around a lot towards me. Yeah. Um, uh, very uncomfortable. You're worried about judgments and, uh, uh, you know, there's some of the funniest people that I know that run equipment. And they yeah. watch TikToks. I'm like, well, instead of, you know, start flipping around and just do it yourself. People want to yeah. know what it is. It like, What is it like to sit in a dozer? What, what are you yeah. doing in there? You know, is you falling asleep? You hit a button? No, you know. Um, and uh, I think it's, you know, 
if you're an excavator, it's pretty satisfying for people too. Like they want to see the dirt get level. It's like the guy washing yep. windows and the, and it's, it's very satisfying. I think that's why maybe it does so well on Instagram. People not even in the space like to watch it. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, but I think if you can adapt your brand, if you're created as an excavator and you can tie into the personal brand side, wow, I've had a lot more, <laughs> I've poured money and poured time into in advertising my construction company. It's difficult. People, yeah. the, the, the new space is the brand. It's Luke's face. It's Mark's face. Um, just make yourself uncomfortable. It's You'll get used to it. I promise you, nothing bad's going to happen to you. Your grandma's still going to love you at the end of yeah. the day. And uh, just because you have your phone turned around and you're, you're you're not bragging, you're just telling people what's going yeah. on, providing a little value. Um, yeah, a, a funny story about that. So Luke Payne and I, when we started the Dirtbags podcast, um, I'd been podcasting for a couple of years before as well, but we started in February 2022. And you know, the idea for the podcast is, you know, we're adding value to the industry. They can go back and listen to an episode and learn about financing and learn about uh, commercial versus residential, things like that. Um, but the idea was, is that, okay, anytime we have a guest on or even us talking, it has to be unfiltered. It has to be just whatever's on your mind and however you talk, that's going to be what it is. And so yeah. like that was kind of an adjustment, like you're saying, of like what your grandma thinks about you. And, uh, you know, when we were putting that out live, I'm like, some of this stuff is like, to me, it's hilarious and it's funny, but like to other people might think it's pretty crude, but at the same time too, that's just like, we're not changing the way we talk. And I think that's, what's so special about it. It's just, it's real. It's me. It's Luke. It's our guest. It's just how you'd talk anyway. And yep. I think not, not doctoring it up. People will respect that. It's like, that's just who he is. Like, who cares if, yeah. if he does say something like that's what he would have said anyway. And so um, I'm very, very happy that we went that route. We almost went more of like the, this is a dirt work podcast and like more corporate. And that would have been so boring. Like we have usually a couple glasses of whiskey on there and like oh, just yeah. have a good, and, uh, but I'm just so glad we went that route because it is more real. It's more transparent and people can relate to that because, the other people in the industry, like that's how they want to learn and or typically, and they just want to learn from people who are doing it, people who make mistakes, people are trying to figure it out, but um, people that are driven as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, so true. So true in what we do. Um, what, so what, you know, we talked about all these excavators, we talked about branding, personal branding, what, you know, like there's a, there's, there's younger generation going into excavating every day now. What's kind of like your best advice to them? You know, they're just starting out. Um, and, you know, what what would be your first tip of advice? Like, what should they do? Should they even pay attention to this? Should they just go attack work? Um, chime you in later when they're at a certain threshold of, you know, volume? Um, yeah. What's, what's kind of your best advice if they're starting out? Yeah. So this would be tailored towards people that are owning their own company, uh, their own excavation company. And basically it's get plugged in. That's the biggest thing. It's like we mentioned a couple of times before, like I call it our phase zero. It's a lot of times the bootstrapping stage, you're zero to 400,000. Like it doesn't make sense to hire an agency. It doesn't even make sense to hire like a part-time person sometimes. Like a lot of times you have to figure it out yourself. And that's just the reality of bootstrapping. And so I always just say, plug, get plugged in, listen to these podcasts, you know, uh, ask questions, get on, uh, 
you know, create your Instagram business profile, your business Facebook page, your uh, company LinkedIn page, get on LinkedIn, and then your Google business profile. It's the, the big four. They're so easy. They're free. There's no excuses there. Um, but then, yeah, like when we have a webinar every like six weeks and it's 20 bucks, but we, it's very uh, private, it's secluded. We don't record it for the public. And that's how you start to meet other people. You start to meet the guy down in Alabama doing 3 million a year and you get his number and you realize that everyone is the same. Everyone like is the same. They've yep. had a different number in revenue and they've been, maybe because they've been doing it longer. So get plugged in. Don't be afraid to ask questions, especially on these platforms like Instagram. I call it like, it's like a dirt world cult almost where there's so many companies on there in the dirt world and TikTok's a big one as well. But DMs go across like crazy. So just, hey, running into this issue, what do you think I should do? Whether they know the answer or not, they're going to send you to somebody else or tell you the answer. So just building that community, getting plugged in. As far as like working with us, shoot me a message, reach out to me. I'll tell you where you're at and when it makes sense. Um, I think that's what uh, I'm probably most proud of is that I, I want to take care of the people we're working with. And I want to make sure that they're set up for success because selfishly, like we get to work with them a lot longer. We get paid more. They make more money because they're staying with us. And I want to make sure that it's a very positive relationship from the start um, all the way through the end. So uh, get plugged in and then, yeah, just don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to, you know, jump on some podcasts, like turn the camera your way, start recording, start nerding out about what you're doing it's crazy how many people that you don't think are interested in that will be because they don't know. They, they know next to nothing about how a septic system goes in the ground or why you're digging this trench, the way you're digging it and what, you know, where the water comes in and different things like that. So just continue nerding out about your content, be a sponge, which means absorb all the information, but also know that in every conversation, you have some sort of value, no matter who you're talking to. If you're talking to Mark Kuhn, if you're talking to Mark Cuban, uh, if you're talking to anyone, you have value and they have value. So realize that. And uh, I'd say that would be probably my biggest piece is, and have a good time doing it for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I love how you mentioned it's free to use all those platforms. We can post on there. It's just everyone says they're too busy. Um, you're too yep. busy until you're not. And then you wish you would have posted more. So more people know you, um, more people know you. So, uh, I mean, there's lots of problems in construction and excavating. I know it. And if you posted about them and how you solve them, I promise you many people reach out to you on now you'll be the expert in the space. Even if it's one post a day, one story a day, like here was the problem. Here's how we resolved it. And here's how we're going forward. I mean, that's what kind of I started doing. And I was just like, that helped me. It was like, wow, people actually find this valuable. Um, even though I thought they didn't care. It could be right. a dentist. It could be a doctor. It could be an attorney. It could be someone nowhere near my space, but they find it interesting because maybe they did it with their dad back in the day. Maybe they, yeah. you know, so uh, everyone has an interesting story and everyone has interesting things they do each day. Um, just post about them. Um, so they're, they're free. So, and then when you get real big, then you, contact Luke how to blow you up. Go. I like to hear that. <laughs> um, well, I got a few questions for you. Um, yeah. um, what's one of your biggest fears? 
Yeah. So it's, it's by far, it's my biggest fear and it is uh, disappointing people. And mm. it's sometimes almost crippling um, where I just, I hate the thought of like disappointing anyone. And as an entrepreneur trying to grow a business and realizing that when you're scaling, things are, balls are going to be dropped. And also, you know, I can't do everything and that's for good reason. And like, yeah. it'd be worse if I did everything. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, that goes in business. That goes uh, my relationship with my wife. That goes uh, my relationship with my parents, my brothers and um, everything. Like I just, I, it terrifies me to like disappoint somebody and like for somebody to call and be like, Hey, like I expected this you really dropped the ball and disappointed me because I know that that is a lot of effort that is tied to that. And if I can't give that effort, it just like crushes me. So, um, of course you can doctor it up how you want and you can use it as a positive of like, I'm just going to increase our quality of who we work with our systems and just make sure that I can be the best person I can be. Um, but yeah, by far that is it's not i mean snakes and spiders down here are pretty terrifying too but uh definitely like <laughs> disappointing people is probably my number one even if you saw a scorpion or something on the on the sidewalk you would <laughs> believe it or not we've lived in arizona now for two years i have yet to see a scorpion i'm gonna knock on wood here because i feel like today's the day yeah um i almost stepped on a rattlesnake and then seeing oh. tons of tons of cockroaches and then mm. gigantic spiders and uh had a black widow spider as well so seen a lot of bugs a lot of things but have yet to see a scorpion so i think today's that day oh man well disappointing people is definitely a fear of all of us entrepreneurs as we build and scale you got to add people and delegate and hopefully everyone's you know after everything like you are um but it it's a it's a complication to scaling. What would um, you say? What would you say yours is? Oh, geez, now you're gonna pin me. Uh, you, you know, I I've thought about this, and you know, I kind of go back to to failure, and you know, when you throw yourself out there, especially on branding, and I always think about everyone when they turn the phone around for the first time, like, what happens if I fail? What happens if I don't make it? Uh, yeah. Grandma's gonna know. There's judgment, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I don't want to fail, but I'm document whether I fail at something huge, I want to document it and let other people know now. So I kind of turn it around in my mind where I want people to see my journey as an entrepreneur. I want to document what I'm doing right now. So I know the fight that I was in and what I'm trying to do, because it's not all butterflies and rainbows every day. Like we're entrepreneurs. We always want the next level. We want to help more people. Um, we want to have the next big thing and you got to take some risks with that. You're going to fail. Yeah. So, but failure, definitely, you don't, you don't want to fail. You sometimes yeah. like, you go to, you go to like every mile, try not fail. And it's like, I should have just let that go and moved on. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. Like failing sucks, but you're right. When you do look back, you're like, dang, that helped me more than anything. And I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I'm literally documenting everything I am as a real estate developer, uh, you know, an investor. I'm just trying to tell people, learn from my mistakes. I've mentored some people. It's like, you know, just 
you can help a lot of people with with documenting yeah. what we do, right? Like just like I said, the, sure. the excavator that could post his problem every day and then post how we provided the solution. Is does it show failure in his part? Well, a little bit, but it keeps him vulnerable, but it helps somebody. That's the most important piece. So um, you know, that's probably my biggest fear though, is, is failure itself, right? Going to zero or something, you know, it's like yeah. whatever can wipe you out nowadays. Uh, I'm, I try to protect myself with that very well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, what do you think your 75 year old self would, would talk about you at 28 years old? What would he say about what, what Luke's doing? Are you on the right path? Did you do enough? Man, great question. So that would be basically 50 years. Um, I think looking back and I love that question too, offers some, so much perspective. Um, which I really had to do, I'd say back in February, I had to really take a step back and look at okay. my life and just like, look at, you know, the way I was enjoying each day or not enjoying each day maybe. And yeah, I really just wanted to commit to myself of like, you know, each and every single day is a blessing. And if the sun comes up today, I've already, you know, crushed it because I've got another opportunity and a chance. And so, you know, if I, looking at my 75 year old self, he would say, you know, that man was living. He was having a great time. He was talking to some incredible people. He was, uh, what I think, you know, loving my wife the right way. And, um, you know, working on his spirituality and his love for Jesus Christ. And also just really trying to bring joy into people's lives. Um, I think, yeah, looking back, you'd say, you know, he's, he's proud of them. Cool. Well, then you're leaving nothing on the line. You're living without regrets. That's good, man. No, good for you. Um, I got, I got a last question here and we'll figure out how we can hear more from you and about you and where to find you. It sounds like you're everywhere, but what does unfollow the herd mean to you? Unfollow the herd? Unfollow the herd. Oh, I love it. So, um, honestly, like entrepreneurship has really taught me this. That's for sure. Um, what people expect you to do uh, and what society expects you to do isn't always right. You know, we look at that as the herd, uh, the way people perceive the weather, the way people perceive the economy, business, um, anything, it, it can be flipped around just as easily as it can be uh, negative. And so I look at it as like a pessimistic and an optimistic viewpoint of like, if the herd is going this way, no matter what, I'm set on these foundations, these principles that I believe in, and I'm going to follow. So if that's with the herd, that's great because I know I'm in the right spot, but many times you're going to have to check yourself and you're going to have to say, okay, um, that, you know, they're just going that way because of society. And so you really have to build that strong foundation of people in your life, that strong foundation of beliefs and principles that you stand by. And no matter what people are telling you, no matter no matter what people are pushing you to, to do, to say, to believe in, you got to kind of check yourself and make sure that you're not just following the herd and you're not just doing that to please somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and just making sure that, um, you know, obviously yourself, your family um, are taken care of. I think that's huge. And just making sure that you're living like the best life that you can through God's eyes as well. Dude, I love that. That was good. Uh, yeah. Luke, I appreciate it, man. That was, that was actually really good. I, I think a lot of people can take away from that. 
and uh, find their own path. Where, where do we learn more about you where, in your businesses and your books? And where do we where do we get all this? Yeah. So uh, the book you can find it on Amazon. Just type in the Digital Dirt World or my name, Luke Egabrotten. My only one, so you'll be able to find it. Um, you can order it. Uh, shoot me a text. Shoot me a message. Um, a little tip as well is I actually put my personal cell number in the back of the book, the last page of the book, because I wanted anytime, like I always say that that is a resource. And anytime they have questions or things evolve and things change, they can shoot me a text and give me a call. So uh, my number is in there. And then uh, honestly, like Instagram and LinkedIn, I'm on every single day. Um, Shoot me a message on there, either Luke Egebrotten or Phaser Marketing. Uh, And then of course our podcast, the Dirtbags podcast is on all platforms. Um, myself and Luke Payne are the co-hosts and we usually have, uh, rotate through some incredible guests. And so that is a blast. And then, you know, our website is phasermarketing.com. That's where we keep everything updated, all of our uh, events and new things that are going on. So, uh, you can find all my information on there as well. Dude, I love that's you freaking, you got your phone number in the book. Yeah. Like, uh, so if you're an excavator on this. You want Luke's phone number. I mean, I don't, how much is this book? Uh, 16 bucks, 15.99. Literally 17 bucks. You can have Luke in your back pocket, like trying to pick his brain. Well, hopefully don't pick his brain. Hopefully you hire him for something. Um, and you get some value out of the book, but you literally get his phone number, like unbelievable. So no, yeah, man. And it's not, it's not even a burner phone either. It's, I was like, yeah, I mean, I thought about doing like, should I do a different number? Just in my optimistic mind, I was like, just in case this blows up, like, but I don't even care. It's like, if somebody wants to reach out to me, like that is a, I see that as just a blessing of like, I will absolutely want to talk with you. And of course, you know, we'll manage our time well, but um, yeah, just the fact that they purchased a book, I at least want to even know that. So um, yeah, I figured out, I was like, well, let's just go for it and let's put it in there. You're a brave soldier, but that, Hey, if you're an excavator, go get the book. Like at least you have his phone number. You know how to market this business. Uh, Luke, I feel like we could talk for like four hours, but I'm going to limit this today to an hour, but it's good, man. You're doing really good things. Uh, I watch a lot of your content. You're, 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 uh, you got a special niche and and it's special to my heart because I'm in construction and it's yeah. a tough industry to market. So I um, appreciate having you on, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. We'll swing some golf clubs in Arizona or something. I love to hear it, Mark. I appreciate it a ton. And yeah, thanks again. We'll we'll see you in AZ soon. All right. Thanks, buddy.